book of Judges, chapter 16, and I just want to read one verse. I'm going to do two verses. Judges 16, I want to start at 21. Very, very, very familiar passage of Scripture. It says, But the Philistines took him, him as Samson, and put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, and bound him with fetters of brass. He did grind in the prison house. Notice this, howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Several weeks ago, we were enjoying a tremendous time of worship in this house. I was sitting in my usual place, enjoying the service. I was, I was enjoying God. And in the midst of worship and praise and everything that was going forth, I felt the Lord begin to stir me. And as often the times is, I get a a bit of a thought, get a scripture, something that comes to mind, begins to stir my heart. But I felt like the Lord dropped the title of what I'm going to talk about on me tonight, on that, that morning. And it was simply this. I felt the Lord just nudge my spirit and said, a bird with a broken wing. A bird with a broken wing. So tonight, with the help of the Lord for just a little while, I want to preach to us, talk to us from this thought. A bird with a broken wing. God, I'm asking that you would anoint my mouth. That what I speak wouldn't be my words, but it would be yours. I'm asking, Lord, that you would anoint us, that we would receive what you have. I ask it in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. My first thought when this came to me is, Lord, what am I going to say about a bird with a broken wing? I like... To bring a good thought, I like it when everything ties together. I like when you can find, you can start and you can just follow a preacher as he weaves his way through his message. And I began to try to weave through a bird with a broken wing. I found some pretty unique things. I found that in 2005, there was a bald eagle that was picked up by the name of Ozzy. Ozzy became famous for one thing. He had a broken wing. They looked at Ozzy and they determined that this bald eagle, this bird, had sustained an injury to his wing, a break in his wing. And they ascertained that this came from a fight with another eagle that he had sustained an injury that had crippled him, causing him to lose his ability to fly. His wing was awkward. It was held in a weird position, and, and they began to try to corner this bird. They began to try to pick up this bird that they named Ozzy and bring him to a place where he could get the care that he needed. I'm a little carnal. I'm a little country. Brother Moss, I've never tried to save a chicken with a broken wing. I've never tried to save some things around that run, that fly around the farm that has a broken wing. 
I just take care of it and go on about my business. But you see, Ozzy was a unique bird. You don't just walk out and put a bald eagle out of its misery just because you think that it's suffering and it's beyond care. Trust me on this. They will lock you up. You don't want to do that. You might do that with grandma's chicken, but you don't want to do that with a bald eagle because it does bring felony charges. I found that out too, which I already knew it was a protected bird. But hey, you know. So Ozzy goes to a place of rehabilitation, and he's there for months. And in that time, as I began to read this particular article, Brother Sean, they took Ozzy, and they would cover his face, and they would stretch him out, and they're stretching and pulling on this broke wing. I'm thinking, this looks ridiculous. Here's this birdie. looks like he's at the spa. Complete with the face covering. I mean, he's over there. And they're working on Ozzy. And they said that, you know, they had to stretch the wings so that this bird would retain his range of motion. They began to work with him very diligently to build his strength back up. And they said, finally, after weeks and weeks and weeks of rehabilitation, they took this bird out back into the wild. They opened the door of the crate. They bring this bird out, and he begins to acclimate to his surroundings. And all of a sudden, this bird begins to spread his wings. And with one great leap and one great bound, he goes airborne, and he begins to fly again. This bird that it looked as if it would be impossible for him to fly, he gets up and he flies again. I read another article about a bird. You learn a lot about birds. This bird lost his primary wing feathers. And they brought a specialist in. And they literally attached feathers from one bird to this bird and grew another wing. And that thing began to soar. It was kind of fascinating when I began to look at that. And I'm sure right about now you're wondering how in the world does this apply to me? How in the world are you going to speak to me? My question is, have you ever seen a bird with a broken wing? Have you ever seen an animal act weird with a broken wing? See, if you go toward a wild bird with a broken wing, it'll try to fly. It'll try to launch itself into the air, only to fall back down, only to roll around and try to get back up in an attempt to try to get away from you. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty as this bird begins to try to make its way through life with a broken wing wing. And so tonight, if you'll indulge me for just a little bit, I want to kind of pull back the cover off of us, and I want to just get real with us. Samson is a very unique man in Scripture. He is foretold before his birth that he is going to be a vessel that God is going to use greatly. An angel will appear and tell his mother that this child is going to be unique. He's going to begin to deliver Israel from the Philistines. Samson uh, begins to be moved as he grows into a man. The, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord begins to move him. He's being guided and moved by the Spirit of God. He does some things that are quite unique to, 
to, to, to our way of thinking. He would be attacked by a lion only to rend it in pieces. He would pick up the gates of a city and walk off with it. In Samson's heyday, when he is soaring, when he's flying, when things are going good, Samson is, is unstoppable. But Samson has a little flaw. You see, Samson battles carnality. He battles this thing called flesh. And I've learned one thing about living for God, that there are times nothing can take you from the heights of heaven quicker and bring you from the heights of heaven rather down to earth quicker than your carnality. You can go from being on the mountaintop to wallowing in a place of shame and guilt and uncertainty because of something called your flesh. And I hate to tell you this, but none of you are exempt from it because all of us are flesh. Well, I don't fit the bill of Samson. That dude, he, he didn't have very many morals, you know, old Samson. Old Samson, he, 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 you know, he, he, had, he had issues. Guess what? You and I have issues. You and I have things that we struggle with. If we're, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to rip away the facade and just be real for a little while, all of us have things that we struggle. That's why the writer, when he was writing to the church, he would say this. He would say, lay aside the, every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. He said, you need to understand there's some things that you're going to struggle with, and if you're going to overcome this thing called life, you're going to have to to deal with things that trip you up. It would be easy to say, well, Samson fought. You know, he, he had enemies. He had the Philistines. I got news for you. He could whip the Philistines all day long. Many times I hear people say, well, you know, the devil is just after me. It seems like I'm fighting all of hell right now. But many, many times the reality is is you're not fighting hell you're fighting yourself. You're fighting your flesh. The war within, the struggle that I face is really not, 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 not all of hell itself, but it's what I know to do is right, but yet I face my flesh and it pulls at me and it tempts me. And if I'm not careful, I find myself so going from soaring on the clouds spiritually, if you will, to finding myself crippled and hobbled because... I have sustained a broken wing. That's Samson. Samson will slay a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. But he can't walk past a harlot in the gate because he's fighting stuff. And so his life is this. He's up one minute slaying Philistines and he's wallowing in guilt and shame and all this other stuff the next. And I'm sorry, I don't believe that Samson just haphazardly went through life without a care in the world. I think that there were things that this man fought and this, thing, this man wrestled with and that warred within him. Until the day that he would make a faithful decision to become the companion to a woman named Delilah. He would seem happy. Things would seem to be going well. But 
underneath the facade, you could see it beginning to unravel. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a godly union. It was an unholy union. But that didn't matter to Samson because it was what Samson wanted. It was what he desired. It was what he felt was best for him. And all of a sudden, he finds that the thing that he was so enamored with and in love with, that she tricks him. She sells him out to the Philistines. And the thing that he used to could defeat with no problem now has control of him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, it's imperative that I win the war with this flesh. Because you may be able to pray your way through a spiritual victory right now, but if you don't conquer this, this is eventually going to link you up with something that's going to cause you to fall. And in your weakest point, then yes, your enemy will come in. And so Samson finds himself, he's, he's bound. They take and the, they, they, they put out his eyes. And he's made to be a slave grinding in a prison house. And all of a sudden, this great man has been reduced to only a shell of what he used to be. Why? Because he suffered a broken wing. He's kind of like the bird. He's trying to fly, but he's floundering and falling, and he can't get aloft again because there's nothing to catch under his wing and give him loft and allow him to soar. He's just simply struggling, floundering here and there, and he's at the mercy of whatever grabs a hold or has a hold of him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we're all like that bird, whether we want to admit it or not. If I'm not careful, I find myself hobbling around, hobbled by guilt and shame over a failure. Or I find myself hobbling around because I haven't dealt with something in my life and it's preventing me from going where I always dreamed and thought I would go in God. Samson never thought, I'm going to wind up blind and in a prison house. Samson never thought, you know, my destiny in life is going to be to be a slave to my enemy. But Samson's choices, Samson's decisions, the things that he, that he allowed into his life, and the things that he didn't deal with eventually caused a crippling effect upon him. And many, many, many times, oh, Samson, we, we give him the what for when it comes to preaching or teaching. I mean, for crying out loud, several times the chick was trying to find out where his strength was, and every time he told her what was wrong or what would cause him to lose his strength, she made it happen. Wake up. You know, if you, if you, if you tie me with green wrists, I'll be just like any other man. Go to sleep, babe. He wakes up with green wrists all over him. If you, if you bind me with new ropes, I'll be just like any other man. Guess what? He wakes up and there's new ropes all over him. 
if you take and you weave my hair into seven locks, I'm going to be just like every other man. So guess what? He falls asleep and he wakes up and his hair is woven into seven locks. Wake up, Bo. The chick is no good. I mean, you talk about a toxic relationship here. Not O. Samson. He's in love. But the thing that he loves now has him. And it's so easy to look at this guy. And maybe this is why God led me here. I wanted to go different ways. I wanted to find something deeper. I wanted to find something, you know. I've heard about Samson ever since I was little. But I couldn't shake this. We always major on Samson's failure. But what I noticed in Scripture was immediately after the enemy gets him, after the enemy puts his eyes out, and after the enemy makes him a prisoner, the very next verse says, but the hair on Samson's head began to grow again. It says that the hair on his head began to grow. Now, that may not sound a whole lot, you know, that may not be very important to you and me. I wish my hair would grow back. I wish it would grow again. Oh, maybe not. I look cool with a really short, short haircut. I told my barber the other day, I said, I want you to make the sides match the top. He tried. But here is a man. His hair was unique. You see, from birth, the angel told his mother, he's going to be a Nazarite. When you look at the Jewish history of a Nazarite, they were, they had, they were given to a vow to God. One of the things that they would do, that, Jew, that the Jewish man would not cut his hair. He would not drink strong drink. He wouldn't touch anything dead. And if he broke his vow, if his vow was broken, according to Levitical law, he was to go shave his head, he was to go and, and, and cleanse himself, and the process would start again. And we read of Samson and we read of his failures and we read of his flaws, but when it comes to him falling and making his biggest failure in life, the Bible immediately, there was no pause. The Bible says, you know what? He fell, he messed up, but the hair began to grow again. And you know what? I, I, sometimes I feel like we, we feel like we're broken and there's not anything of value left in me. And, and you don't know my past and you don't know what I face and you don't know the real me outside of church and the things that I deal with and the things that I fight and struggle. And I would like to be what God wants me to be, but the reality is, is I feel like I'm broken and I can't fly and I can't move and I've come tonight to tell somebody, I don't care about your past. I don't care about your failures. I don't care about your mistakes. What I want to know is, do you want to get up again? Because there is a God in heaven that is looking down and he's not interested in whether or not you've passed today or you failed today. What he is interested in is are you willing to allow me to pick you back up again and begin to do work all over again? Really is that simple. Yeah, but there's consequences. I'm not talking about the consequences of your actions. I'm asking you, do you want God to begin to move? 
I noticed something unique about a bird with a broken wing. You know what they do to him? The very first thing, number one, day one, recovery. When you get there and the trauma has happened and the mess is there, you know what they're going to do? They're going to cover your eyes. It's going to put you in a place of darkness. And then they're going to immobilize that bird where he can't move. Now, I don't know about you. I don't. I'm not scared of the dark, but I don't want to be in total dark. And when it comes to my life and living for God, I sure don't like to be in a place where I can't see anything spiritually where I pray and there's no answer, when I'm looking and I don't see a way out. But sometimes, you got to hear me, sometimes in order for God to do his greatest work, he takes your biggest failures and flaws and he puts you in a place of darkness where you don't know what's going on. Samson's biggest problem was his eyes. And now he can't see. Where are you, God? Oh, I must have really messed up this time. I can't find him. I can't see him. God? All I feel is guilt and shame. All I feel is like I've really dropped the ball and messed up. I, God, man, I, I feel like I just can't get off the ground. I feel like that, that, that it's, it's life has just kind of dealt me the, the, the hard knocks and the lumps, and I can't see anything. God? Where are you? In his darkest moment. God was beginning to mend and do his greatest work. It's not a mistake that you're in this house. It's not a mistake that you're sitting on this pew tonight. It's not a mistake that you're wondering what in the world is going on in my world. Listen to me. God has brought you to a place where he can do his greatest work. going to happen next? What's going to take place? But God's working. God's moving. You see this in Genesis. According, if I'm right, he created the day and he also created what? The night. So he's Lord of the day and he's also Lord of the night. So he's still in control when everything's going good and I'm soaring, and he's still in control when I'm at a place where I can't see anything. Hear me. I'm not giving you a free pass to go sin and raise as much confusion, Cain, as you can. I'm not here to give you that. But what I am telling you is because you've fallen, doesn't mean it's the end. And sometimes God brings you to a place where you can't see anything 
and you can't feel anything, and you don't know what weighs up or what weighs down, and it's not to destroy you. But sometimes God has to give you enough rope that you back yourself into a corner to where you're finally at a place where you say, you know what, God? Here I am. When Samson got to a place where he could yield himself, God said, I can do more with you right here. Broken, scarred, battered than I ever could when you were whole and intact. Isaiah 40, 31, I've got it right, says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They that wait shall renew. Well, you don't need to renew anything unless something has robbed you of your strength. If something has pulled life out of you, if something has wounded you and caused you to be in a place where you're waiting for an answer. He said, they that wait upon the Lord. When I get to the place, I don't know which way's up. I don't know which way's down. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to figure it out. I can't make it be what I, anything because it's beyond my control. And I'm finally at a place where I'm stopped. And I say, God, it's yours. Whatever you want to do in my life, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I dropped the ball. I'm sorry I made the mistake. God, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. And you put yourself in a place where you stop and you're waiting on him. It's in that moment that he begins to do his greatest work. He doesn't wait for you to get done and step out and go, I'm back. Oh, no, 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 no. Before Samson ever had this moment of victory, his hair began to grow. His hair began to come back. Why is it that we beat ourselves up to the point where we make it almost impossible for ourselves to ever get over the hurdles to come back to what God wants to do? I can't forgive me, let alone let God work. But what I read to you tonight, God was ready, willing, and able to start right then. Let's start restoring. Let's start building. Let's start creating again. All right, so you messed up, Samson. You've fallen. You've lost control of it. Okay, that's okay. I understand. You messed up. But you're finally at a place that I can work. So now let's start building. Let's start building. Let's start building. Let's start putting you back together. Let's start creating the man that you need to be. Let's, let me start beginning to form you into the woman that you need to be, in the mom that you need to be, the dad you need to be, the saint that you need to be. Now it's time that I've got you to this place that I can begin to work in your life. Thank God he doesn't look at us like we look at each other and look at ourselves. 
I would have given up on me a long time ago. I would have been frustrated with me as a teenager that was trying to get over hurdles and trying to get this thing figured out and trying to live for God. And it seemed like that it's just one thing after another after another. I would have given up on me. He didn't. He didn't. He just said, you got a broken wing. Now we got to get you where you can fly again. Now we got to get you mended. We got to get you whole. We got to get you stronger. We got to get you to a place that you're profitable once again. Stand with me tonight. Not a deep thought. But I wonder how many times I want to be a Moses and part the water. I want to be a David. Let me slay the giant. But the one that parted the water on Moses, he didn't obey God up. He dropped the ball. David, the giant killer, would find a time in his life where he would be nursing a broken wing. A man that commanded a nation, a man that slayed a giant, found out, you know what, I'm still just a man. And I have carnality. And I have things that I have to fight. I fall. I messed up. Simon Peter would soar to great heights. He would be sent out by Jesus. He would cast out devils. They would come back excited about what God had done. When, the, when, when Christ asked, who do men say that I am? It was Simon Peter that stood up and said, thou art the Christ. He was there when the Lord said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my spirit. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Simon, you're going to do great things. In that moment, he was soaring. that man that had such a revelation found himself at a campfire that he should have never been around and when they looked at him and they said you're one of his disciples you were with Jesus he would say I don't know what you're talking about oh yeah you do your, your speech your accent you've been with Jesus I'm telling you I don't know that man Question him again, and he would begin to curse, and he would begin to swear, and he would tell them, I do not know him. And in that moment would come the revelation of what have I done? I was soaring. I had a destiny. I had purpose. Only to crash. 
only to crash and burn. Simon says, you know what? I'm going fishing. I'm done. God, you're never going to use me again. I'm out. Everybody starts coming and they're saying, hey, you know what? He's risen. He's alive. He's no longer in the tomb. And Simon says, I'm done. Why? Because I failed. I messed up. There's nothing of any value left in me. What does he want from me? I denied him. I cursed. I said that I had no part with him. just going to go fishing. But the minute he went out, there was a Savior that was getting ready to reveal himself on a, on a, on a seashore to a man that had messed up. And when Simon sat across the fire from him, broken and a mess, the Lord said, Simon, want to know something? Would you still be willing to come feed my sheep? Simon, you, you love me? You know I love you. Would you feed my sheep, Simon? I'd like to. But you don't know where I've been. You know I love you. But I'm carrying a lot of baggage. Simon, I didn't ask about your baggage. I want to something. Simon, do you love me? For the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me? And the scripture says at this point, Simon's grieved. He's feeling the hurt again. God, I want to soar. I really want to do something for you. But you got to understand, I'm in a dark place and I don't feel anything. And I've got a wing that's broken and there's not a lot left in me. But God, you know I love you. You know I love you. I don't have anything left. I don't have anything of value in me. But God, there is one thing. I still love you. soar again. It's time for you to go get ready for your destiny. It's time for you to get ready to go where I've called you to go. It's time for you to allow me to do in your life, in your family, your home, and on your job what I've been longing to do for a long, 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 long time. I've just been waiting for you to get to the place where you feel like there's nothing left and I can say, hey, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let me work on you. Let me repair you. Let me fix you. Let's do this together. Come on, you've got a destiny. You need to soar. What are you saying tonight? I'm saying I don't care. That, that, there's a, that there's a failure. I don't care that there's been a mistake. What I want to know is, do you still love him? Yeah, God, I still love you. No, 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 no. I mean, do you love me? God, you know, no, 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 no. I want to know something. Do you love me? God, I love you more than the hurt, more than the failure. I'm sorry. 
you'll allow God to do what he wants to do. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this room. If you allow him to do what he wants to do, you're going to look back and you're going to say, my God, I never thought I was going to fly again. But I'm soaring. I'm soaring. Could we all begin to just right where you're at? I wonder if we could turn this, this whole sanctuary into a place of prayer. For the next few moments, God, here I am. God, I'm asking, Lord, Lord, you see us. God, you know the struggles. You know the fight, the things we fight. You know the failures. Maybe you're kind of like Joseph, and God has given you an, a, a dream and some visions, and you feel a calling, but, but it just seems like life hasn't opened those doors, and you feel like you've just never launched anywhere. Just in a prison. Joseph, you're still going to soar. We just got to get a wing fixed. Oh, could we begin to reach to him right now? I feel him in this room. Oh, God, I love you, Jesus. God, I love you, Jesus. God, I worship you. God, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you. Not because I've been so faithful. Not because I've been so good. You've always been there for me.
embarrassed anybody, but if you're sitting by somebody and you're comfortable, would you just put your arm around them, take them by the hand? Could we just pray together for just a moment? I feel the presence of the Lord so rich in this room. God, we're not perfect. We got a lot of problems. We got a lot of hang-ups. We got a lot of flaws. I got things that I fight in my spirit, my attitude, my carnality, my temper, my anger, my problems, my addiction, my failures. God, I love you. I love you. I worship you. God, in the middle of it all, you're still sovereign. You're still holy. You're still worthy of honor. You're still worthy of praise. I love you. 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 I worship you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, lift a hand one more time and let's love him together. Can we? We praise you, Jesus. Jesus.